Hello, legends, and welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today, we're catching up with Cub member Nathan Taddeo, the Chief Lending Officer at Finspo, which is a fintech company that helps everyday Aussies save money with their banking. Uh, me and Nathan had a great chat. We discussed how businesses can be used as a power for good and how every business is a vehicle for good. Uh, We discussed figuring out who do you fight for as a business? Who is the group of people that you're fighting for and who is the enemy that you're fighting against? This is an important question that every business, every business owner should know. So I hope you enjoy the show. I reckon I just got told one of the funniest uh, sign-up stories to Cub that I've ever been told before. Uh, Nate, do, yeah, is Nate, Nate short yeah, that's or good, Nate? That's good. On, what? I, I prefer Nate to Nate, so we'll go with uh, that. Nate, can you please just share with the listeners how you actually ended up signing up yeah, to the club? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so last year, so 2009, 2020, COVID, and, um, and in June, things started to open up again. So I could go back to the office and I – had a message. I, I want to say it was on LinkedIn. It wouldn't have been Instagram from Hugh, uh, yeah. Hugh Grover. Yeah, and um, and he was like, "Hey, for come. the listeners, Hugh's one of our membership directors." Right, but I didn't know that. So, <laughs> so I thought he was a member. So I get a message from Hugh saying, "Hey, do you want to catch up for a coffee? Come to Cub." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, cool. I know, I know of Cub. I know where it is. I know it's literally around the corner from my my office or my old office at the time." Uh, so, sure, I'll come and catch up with a coffee for, for a coffee with you. Uh, we're, we're allowed to see people, so let's do it. And uh, so I get here and I, I meet Hugh on level five and we, we sit there on the couches. The couches, that would now be level six, the way it's the layout's changed. But anyway, and, uh, and we're talking and it's, it's fine. So, so to give you the background of how I knew who Hugh was, we hadn't actually met in person, was Hugh's business before Cub was Oscar Hunt, uh, which is a suiting business. You got a couple of those. Yeah, members yeah. They're, they're members here. Cool, cool. Um, so, I, so I knew who he was and we were just talking, I think we were talking suits and just life and, and, and the world at that stage and the fact we could see people. And then it started to sort of the conversation turned into, hey, what do you think of Cub? And I was like, oh, this is a sales pitch. What, <laughs> how are you involved here? And he mentioned that he was now a part of this and I was like, yeah, cool, let, let's, let's do it. And so you thought you were catching up with a member for a coffee. Absolutely. But it turns out she's actually, yeah. she works here and it's <laughs> inviting you in. And, all, and I signed up on the spot, basically. <laughs> oh, was it a good decision? Yeah, I, I'm happy with it, absolutely. Look, <laughs> last year, I mean, we all, well, so when I signed up, my, then, then my, what do we call the first night, introduction night? Yeah, uh, welcome evening. Welcome evening. My welcome evening was, I want to say the 3rd of July or whatever it was. But it's the point memory. was that mid, midnight that night, we were into stage three. So it was like the last oh. time we could see people. So we all met feeling, thinking it was quite normal, going, oh, tomorrow's going to be weird, but I'm sure we'll all be back here soon. So I joined going, yeah, that's fine. I'm so happy I made this commitment because I'm going to be here so often. And then, and then you things went into got worse. Yeah, went to stage oh, three no. and then it got to stage four. And it's like, oh. So the version I got a cub last year was the online version, yeah. right? So am I happy I made the decision? Absolutely, because even the value I got from that, and from just, the online. Yeah, just enjoying that and some ways to break up my day and, yeah. and some cool stuff I got from it and some of the developments um, that came into place because whilst it looked like things were only going to get worse and stricter, you guys de- um, came up with the idea of the walking coffee once we could go and do that. Wasn't that a cool idea? Man, it was – You know, I didn't even know that the team was doing that until m- much after. Explain the walking coffee. Yeah, so so what we could do in Melbourne was we could go to a certain uh, certain distance from our house and you were allowed to walk with some – have ex- exercise with a partner. So why don't they find someone who lives near you, you meet them, 
and you'll walk around, get a, grab a takeaway coffee and go for a walk. That was that was the idea of our community manager, Holly. Who's, who's you amazing. Know, yeah, she's, she's the legend. best. So yeah. She basically, she mapped out the, the where everybody in the entire club lives, put them in groups of five kilometre radiuses and then organised like networking walks was, with, with other members. Isn't that clever? It was, it was, I don't think it was clever. It was brilliant because... I'm meeting someone in gym gear. So, like, yeah. already the barrier's down. You're hey, relaxed. We're, hey, yeah, and we're, and we're both near our house. Yeah, so, like, if good. we get along, cool, let's go for another walk now or another run or another coffee. Um, so, I got – so, anyway, the point is, did I get value out of it last year? Absolutely. Yeah. And knowing that my judgment was down because it should be. It's fair, it's fair, right? I'm a business person as well. We're all dealing with limitations. Mm-hmm. And uh, – so I'm only looking forward to the version now where I can actually come in here. Yeah, like you today. call it full strength cub. Yeah. Um, 50% strength, digital, actually. We're still allowed to put a full strength in here. Digital was um, – I like a lot of businesses. Digital is not the best way you can accomplish your goal, the best way you can deliver value whatever business you're in. But it, it, if your business typically is in person, obviously. But – if it's you're better off having a way to still deliver your value and some value, uh, they're not absolutely. You know what I mean? And this, in regards to building relationships, you need to be in person. Uh, yeah, I mean, and look, and I and I think even to what you said, uh, digital is not the best, even if you are fully digital, because you need the option to go and do this bit in person or mm-hmm. close in person if you want to look at it from a sales point of view, and that option being taken away from you with all the distraction around us, around us. And even if you did already work from home, you work from home now with your wife at home and your kid at home and everything else. So it's a different working from home. Now you're working at home with everything around you, constant distractions everywhere. So you're just not 100%. And tell me, because obviously this is the first time I've, I've, I've met you in yeah. person. And t- tell me more about you. Teach us about you, where you're from. I mean, I just learned you're Italian. Your last name's Tadeo. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> it's like a Mario Brothers thing. Exactly. Tadeo. Um, Tell us about you. Yeah, so I, um, I mean, for I, I just call myself a finance guy, but um, for by, like I say, you'd say by trade, I'm I'm a mortgage broker, I'm a mortgage broking background. Uh, just so you, just in case you're wondering, no one grows up wanting to be a mortgage broker. It's, it's kind of it doesn't really happen. Saying you fall into, yeah, it's you, you good fall money. exactly, you fall into it, um, and that can be good and bad for when you look at the industry as a whole. Uh, I fell into it because I actually grew up around it, and um, and so my dad's in finance, and he was my business partner up until recently as well. Um, so I grew up around the industry thinking I would never go and do this shit, right? Um, it's the stuff that keeps my dad at work at night, right? It's the stuff that just bores the shit out of me. It means that every time we do move state, that's the reason I'm driving around looking at houses or having to go with my, when I'm really young, having to go with my dad to sign up clients. And I just wanted to fucking play yoga or yo-yo or basketball cards or whatever it was that I, in the early nineties. Um, so I didn't grow up thinking I would be a mortgage broker, but then, you know, you go through uni or you finish school and. I am similar to what I think you were like, which is you didn't finish school thinking <laughs> as the absolute superstar of the school. You just kind of got through it and had a lot of friends and a lot of connections, whatever. Went to uni and just did whatever I did because I thought I've got to go to uni, so I'll just do something. Um, but throughout that, started to realise, well, I was exposed to this stuff my whole life, so I, I get it. So I would do any electives I would do would be economic leaning or property leaning, right? I knew I didn't want to be a real estate agent, but something around that would be cool. And then I should have finished uni a lot quicker than I did. Um, so I had a few subjects to go. So I went traveling at what should have been my final, at the end of my final year. And while I was traveling, I went, well, when I go back, I've only got a couple of subjects to do. I'll go, and, I'll go into dad's business because he was at a, what you would now call a one-stop shop back then. <clears throat> um, so I had financial planners, accountants, mortgage brokers, marketing, all that sort of stuff. And I thought, I'll go in there. I can get a job under him 
and then I'll just see what the other guys do. do. So get some exposure to this other stuff and see where I, see what I want to uh, become. See the different, uh, yeah, different arms. Different arms, yeah. Yeah, so see what the planners do, what the accounts do, what the marketing guys do, and just kind of do some stuff while I'm finishing uni and see what But I'm did at. you want to be a business owner? What, what, were you, what Man, was your- And I had no direction, right? Like I was just a- Lost puppy. Young kid who just liked a lot of different stuff, you know, and if I- Honestly, if Instagram was around back then, the amount of sneakers I had, I probably would have tried to do an influencer, but that didn't really exist when I was a bit younger. Um, so, yeah, I was just sort of like, I'll just do some stuff and meet some people and and, and, and get some experience talking to people. I always like talking to people. Um, that was just kind of what I did because I had to growing up. You move around a lot. I moved around a lot. Not uh, not overseas like you, but moved around to state a fair bit. Have you listened to the other episodes? Yeah, yeah. That's how you know the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I'm just a really that good stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, similar to that, right? So you move around a lot. You have to talk to people. So you just get decent at talking. Good at to, it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't be the shark in the corner because you won't know anybody. Mm. Figure it out. Your family aren't around. You got no friends here yet. So talk to someone, man. Um, Really interesting. And so how many times did you or did you move a couple times? Yeah, so uh, before becoming a broker, my old man was working at banks. I was working at Citibank. Um, so we moved. So I was actually born in Adelaide, which I don't advertise too often. Um, at, and when I was very young, like six, seven months, we moved to Melbourne, which is uh, – he moved with an insurance company at the time. Um, so I did my – up to age seven, I was in Melbourne – then we got a job with the bank through to Perth. So we were at Perth for a bit. Ah, so you moved a few times. Mm. And then um, from Perth back to Adelaide for f- uh, three years. It, while in Adelaide, he left the bank, started up a mortgage business when Adelaide's too small for this. So he moved to Melbourne. We followed him six months later. Oh, wow. Um, and what do you think? So do you think that that was, had a positive effect on your life and, and character or, or did it have a negative? I feel like in hindsight it did. Yeah. I could do this. We yeah. haven't met until today and we're going to long the house yeah. on fire. But, and so what were the positives <laughs> the time, that came out of it? I think it's just done deep end stuff, man. Like, um, and like having to learn to just talk to anybody. And also, I mean, if you want to go super deep on, on the culture thing, so I don't consider myself Italian, right? Because I'd say I'm Australian as my passport, but I, cause I didn't grow up around my very, very Italian Adelaide family. Mm. So when I would go back there a couple of times a year, sure, I got thrown into this, but that wasn't my world. I just had to, whoever I... Ran into it. Whoever I got to meet at school was became my mates. My mates are now my family. Mm-hmm. And my parents don't have more for any family in these places or very little in these areas that they're close to. So that's who I, whoever I can attach myself to, that's my weekend. Yeah. That's all. Whoever I get along with the sport, that's my weekend. And that was your – so you basically developed – the skill to socialize. Absolutely. To, 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 to be social, to, to talk, to, yeah, yeah, to relate, yeah. to yeah. empathize. Yeah. And I'm sh- and again, so there's positive and negative from that, right? Like there's, you know, and also because your old man's being moved around, I'm sure he's, he's obviously in a position where they've got to work and mm. I mean, my man's an old school wog, so he works, 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 works. Right. Yeah. So, and he's still, they die and they keep working. I probably yeah. can't say that word, but we'll go with that. Nah, you're um, I think, I don't think wogs are bad. Words. I, I don't actually, my mum fucking hates it. Oh, really? I, I didn't Great. know that. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to swear on this podcast, but um, I, 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 I is walk a bad word? I feel like if it's said in the wrong context, like like any word, right? If it's a neg- yeah. <laughs> it just depends who you says say it with the right say, lean on it. Who says it? Exactly. Yeah. Who says it and how <laughs> yeah. they're leaning that's into true. it? That's how true. How you're leading into yeah. it, right? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. So the positive side is that yeah, you had to just get along with people. The ne- there's some negatives. Like I don't, I didn't know my grandparents that well, and so I try to make up for that now with my kids being around them as possible, as much as possible, and being around family as much as possible. But yeah, the positive side is I learned to give, develop really close relationships with people and understand them more and care. And care is my number one thing. Like if we, yeah, if we talk business, that that's really been my thing for my whole life. What intent and care and how, what's someone trying to achieve when they're speaking to someone or why are they in this mood? Because there's always underlying factors. That's always been my, my well, thing that's, about life. That's quite an interesting thing to, to, to say. Would you, what would you describe as your biggest driver? 
Oh man, I, honestly, it's it's caring about helping as many people well, as I'll possible. I'll tell you what I think. So, do you actually want to know? Yeah. Because like you mentioned before how I listened to your podcast. So I was on a run that week and I listened to that and I was like, what you guys are doing here is what I strive to do in a different fashion. And that is make everybody I meet the best person, the best version of themselves. Right? So you provide an environment here for people to, if you want to thrive and develop a relationship and great, go for it. Like everything's here for you to do that. I do that through finance and I'm actually really happy with the way I do it. I, I treat, I feel like what I do is, important to everybody. I don't know why anyone wouldn't use going back to what I actually do in a quotation marks. I don't know why anyone wouldn't speak to someone about getting their finance sorted out, especially because it's a no cost, low barrier entry industry. Right. So, um, so I care about using that platform to help this person because I'm an expert in this field and I can give you the best. I'm allowed to use that word these days too, if you want to uh, talk Royal Commission, um, give you the best thing for you. And that's awesome. Well, what I, but what, what I think is interesting is that, I mean, it's kind of like it's the lesson you learned from moving around everywhere. It, to, to connect with someone, you need to understand that people are thinking about themselves first. They care about themselves and internally what they're trying to gain. And it, it, the, the surest way to connect with someone and to get them on, on board is to discover, is to ask, you know, is to discover what do you care about them and what do you, what do you, how can I be of benefit or how, and then finding that, you know, you, you care about them. When you show someone you care about them, then they like you because like, even if they don't, even, even if they typically wouldn't like you, not the right character or whatever, if someone cares about you, likes you, yeah, you're going to like them. Why not? I'll answer these questions. Ex this guy's curious about me. Yeah, ex Go for it. Example, random example. And <laughs> to this person, if you're listening, you're the best, but we were looking at uh, our Facebook, Cubs Facebook um, today, and some random person, I don't know who it was, commented on something like, oh, um, this phony, um, like this is like a, it must be a phony group for f fakers and non-successful people, right, something right. like that. I don't even know what they said. Some random. Yeah. And um, and then some random girl replied, I can't remember her name, I won't say it either, I couldn't anyway because I don't know, but but she replied like defending us, being like, no, this is a great organisation, look what they do. And I said, Laura, go on her profile. And I know she went on her profile and she, she's just like a, like a real Is she a member? Kind of, no, I don't know who That's she That's amazing. Is. Yeah, but so my point is she, she didn't look like someone that typically I would be close with, but I was like, hey, she obviously cares about yeah. me and Cubs. I was like, I like I said, Laura, give her a call. Yeah, she's my favourite person. Yeah, because she cares about you. Yeah. So, I mean, the quickest way to get someone on your side is to show them you actually care about Absolutely. them. But, be, but it, can't, it can't be fake. It comes from intent as well, yeah, right? Yeah, it can't so be fake. Curiosity. It be and, and then if you – so if you start to put the who we are now – not the young kid version of me that was just thrown into this, who we are now. You start to be reflective. You start to be a self-aware person. You start to go, okay, curiosity, empathy, intent. These are all big drivers and it's what makes successful people successful because all that stuff is present underneath all of this stuff. I'm absolutely in my job a salesperson, but I don't see that as a dirty word. No, well, we're all salespeople. We all Everyone have to, in life is a salesperson. Yeah, we all have to sell. We all so have go to, to a nightclub and buy the girl a drink. That's a salesperson. That's, she's got makeup on. She's selling to you. They're, they're, every, <laughs> that's a great example. Every Everything is sales. Everything is sales. Yeah, so if you take the dirty word away, which is a very Australian thing, not so much an American thing, right, where they're quite clear. No, they love their sales. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you take the dirty word, even like the idea of Sales persuasion. is a dirty word, but, but it, it shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. Um, there's some industries that make sales dirty. Well, the problem is once you say sales, everyone thinks use car salesmen. Yeah, or the first thing that pops and, in the head, and, right? And, and or often it could be real estate agent. Or, or yeah, or the, and, and the bad Someone version of it, not the guys it, that have ever seen No, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, no, there's some great used car salesmen. There's some fantastic, uh, honest, and, and great real estate agents. But 
that they normally come. Yeah, Yeah. they they come up in the term in terms of they would rather make the sale, make the cash, whether or not it's good for best option for you. Whereas most companies, they're trying to sell a product that is is a good option for you, is is the best option. And 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 back to what you're saying is like, um. You've always based that you want to do good through business. You know, you, you care about people. Finance, yeah, okay, finance actually has a pretty bad reputation Absolutely. as far as care, like banking and yeah. stuff as well. But, but business is, um, and being an entrepreneur is a tool for for good. Yes, you need to sell and make cash, but you're you're providing goods and services that people need to live their life. And here it is, right? It's a, that's so a good yes, thing. I need to I need to make money. Why is me making money a, a crime? It's not. It's not. It's not. It just means money. you're bringing value to the world. And that goes back to why I love what I do because it actually doesn't cost the person money. The bank I do the business with will pay you and no one likes banks. Will pay me, sorry. And no one likes banks. But I'm here to represent you and tell your story to the bank, get you the best deal. They'll pay me. I've made you happy. I've well, made money out of it. But why don't you explain, why don't you explain your business uh, sure, to sure, the sure. listeners? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because obviously I was learning about it. We jumped it. around so much. I was learning about it. Um, uh, just before too, because like you said, when you joined, you actually owned uh, a mortgage brokerage yeah. uh, uh, with your old man. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, and I actually do want to talk later on about how often people will follow into their, particularly if their family is a family business, they'll follow into that yeah, footstep. Because I, I do want to talk about that. I don't think I've had that discussion with anyone on the podcast. But before we do that, and that's what you joined up, I was just learning about um, Finspo just before, as yeah. you were telling me, but why don't you share with the listeners yeah, so, uh, a bit what, what Finspo actually is? Sure, sure. So um, the I feel like the better way to tell fi- the Finspo story is probably start at the start. But we'll, to explain what, what Finspo itself is, Finspo itself is an app that we've built and is out there and is constantly and is evolving rapidly, which is great. Um, and the idea of the app is to help people build better banking habits. The, the tagline of it is money moves, right? Um, and so when we talk about that, banking in general is banking for everybody. So you could be just – uh, 19 and have a few different accounts all over the shop and just not manage quite well because they don't teach this shit in school, right? So the guys who started Finspire ex-bankers, they know how much the bank is making from you through these fees, through opening all these accounts, through having a credit card here and a foreign FX account over there and maybe you trade through that. But that data is now available, especially now with the consumer data right, um, open banking's out, data scraping, which is, I guess, scraping sounds like a bad word, but all this stuff is there. But it won't tell you that it's costing you all this money to stay with them and be their client. So we say, okay, we've got all the banking data there. Why don't we put this here for you as one consolidated place? And then to provide this insight to say, could you be doing it better? And not just a one-off, because why bother having an app then, right? It'll just be a website and do it once. But help you build that habit, keep you coming back. So if you've got an account that needs to have X amount of income transferred into a two month for bonus to achieve bonus interest, who's going to tell you that? Are you going to remember? You're going to set a calendar? And so, so basically it helps you utilize your banking services better and saves you money. Absolutely. By doing so. Yeah. And, but, then, and how but not does just it walk, actually do it? Because, so notifications, email, okay. being so an app, how does it being so Walk us through the process. So um, I've got uh, seven bank accounts, yep. some savings, some are whatever, some's linked to my credit card. Uh, who Maybe knows? you've got an offset account against your home loan. Who knows? Sure. I, me, I wouldn't even, I didn't even know how to log into my fucking bank account. Right. But, so but, <laughs> that's actually but, one of the barriers, but yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> but um, so, you know, you've got all this stuff. It's confusing. So uh, for, I find Finspo. Yep. And so walk me through the process so of you how I sign up, what it does, what's your business model. Bubble? Absolutely. So you'd find Finspo either through advertising or word of mouth or whatever it might be, or your friend told you, hey, this is really cool, I use it. So you download Finspo, you'd sign up as a user and you connect your banking, right? So all your bank accounts through there. So if it's with one bank, it's very easy. If it's with a few, it's a little bit harder. But the point is you can connect all in one place. And, it, and the Finspo brain will analyze that. 
and tell you, hey, this is what your banking costs you, right? So that's what we call your Finsbo bill. But to be a bank client, it costs you this much money. Now, people don't see banking as a cost, that's, but it is. That's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, your Finspo bill, it's how much your bank actually costs you. Yeah. So being, being a bank, being being part, part of a bank or even a, union, a credit union costs you money. You don't see it as that, but it costs you money to be that bank's client. So how much is that costing you? Put that into context. How much did it cost you last year to have your annual package to this bank plus a credit card there and then and an account over here? How much, it, how much did your banking cost you? Okay, now you know that. What can you do with that information? So because we've got this data, we can look over the last year and keep the data coming to provide insights into how you could do that better. So so you don't need the app for a year to log the data. It can look back into your – Absolutely. So it might say last year your bank cost you $3,000. Absolutely. Uh, to reduce this banking cost to $1,200, this is what you need to do. Yep. And then, and then, because it's still it's 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 connected to your banking, and you've given it permission to keep doing so, it might say, "Hey, uh, in a month's time, I go, hey, uh, little B might pop up. You got stung with this many ATM fees last month because you kept going to the local pub to take money out instead of actually going to your bank's ATM." Does that if that's not good, keep this in mind. Let's help you build that habit. We're not going to force you. Can't force you. That's Can't really f- cool. And right. what's your business model? How do you make money? Yeah. So obviously, that stuff doesn't make any money. My so I I run lending arm. So part of this is the and the obvious one is always home loans because it's people's biggest expense. So maybe you could do a better job of it. Finspo will help you do that. So there's a couple of ways to do it. Um, first of all, if it's got your data there, it can see from your data. Could you be on something better possibly? So what we call rate my rate. So is your rate competitive compared to what's out there? Now that's not overly different to what things like Finder or um, the Finder guys are members as well. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm good on them. They got a great business model, hectic website, but a great business model. Um, and even even to a degree, Lendy and Uno do that, but they just focus on the loan. We don't start with the loan. We don't want to end with the loan. But if you do need help doing that, then yes, my team that I'm running at the moment, because I have the mortgage back breaking background, will be your will 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 guide you through that process. So we'll put an expert there, not not what I would call a mortgage broker, an expert to help you to understand your situation, put some options to you. If you decide on one of them, one of our guides will guide you through. And then post settlement, great, we understand that. We we're still back into the Finspo environment now. So we'll help you make sure you actually use that. So as an example, if we set that offset up account, like you just said, and that costs you this much per year, but we see that if the data tells us you're not actually using it to justify that $400 fee, well, let's tell you what you could do. So, hey, we can see you've got $30,000 over in that account. Move it to your offset. That'll save you this much in interest this and year. And so what's, I guess, which what's your broker, the- Sorry to interrupt. Which your broker will have the intention to do, but either has a five hundred thousand dollars, five hundred clients that they can't get back to everyone. Well, they can't, can't do it. Be, they you can't do it because you can't have manpower to yeah. do that. Technology allows it to happen. Absolutely. But, but so, what's the, what's the, what's your ultimate aspiration with Finspo? What's the vision of the so, company? Yeah. What, so, what drove me? What to do you want it to become? Yeah. Is to is because it's trying to help people, these people with this thing that is big and scary to them. Money is a bloody scary thing, right? And it's it's the best. As the worst, and no matter what, you never got too much, or right, even because even when you do, you got bigger problems, and everything else. So it's a bloody scary thing. So how can so what brought me across to Finspo from my own business is that idea of trying to help as many people as possible with this in this field I understand, the field I'm an expert in, be the best version of themselves and continue to be. Well, and it's interesting. Um, but, but, sorry, before I get to that, but what do you want Finspo to become? I want Finspo to be everyone's go-to place to just further emphasize these habits. So help you get there. Save money on the bank. Absolutely. No, just save money on the banking, but just not ever be in a bad position or ever wonder. Because the wonder is the biggest, big thing. You talk about like, so I did at least do a lot of work um, when I was in my old company, Credo, um, around the financial wellness things. So used to um, have a lot of uh, 
big partnerships with with uh, with corporates, and I still we, we have some with Finspo too, to go in there and speak to these people because, you know, you're a nurse, right? You work crazy hours, and 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 you're trying to make ends meet. You make okay money, sure, but you got this over here, and, and you don't think you might think about this stuff, or you might hear about it on the radio, but you don't know what to do. And, and, and what's really scary is wondering about maybe I could do better. So that builds stress and you got the mental health that comes into it, right? And then who do I even go and see? Well, I'm not going to walk into the Commonwealth branch down the road and then wait for three hours and the guy tells me we can't help you. Yeah, or you maybe can't. he can help me, but I don't actually know what that means because th- he says he changed my rate. I think a, a really a really important thing when building businesses um, to assist people with banking is that – and banking is great, of course, but, but – Banks, banks are a good, easy kind of in term, uh, for, for, for lo- normal consumers enemy mm. in that they're, 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 it's a faceless industry. You know, the bank's scary. And, and actually had um, – I was having breakfast with uh, John Simons yep. a couple of weeks ago and uh, obviously the founder of uh, Aussie Home yep. Loans. Um, and I was talking to him and we were talking about his story and he was sharing with me kind of what he did and – he said one thing that was brilliant and that he was the first to do was he brought a friendly face to a faceless industry. Yeah. And the fact that he was on the he was on the everyday Aussie side, you know, f- kind of battling the banks for them to bring them uh, a better experience and to, to save them. He was fighting for, for everyday Aussies. I think that that's uh, – I, if, if I were you, for example – I would really study his oh, his business me, and story. Would, I know, yeah, I, know, I, I, I love. He's he's my new favorite Australian entrepreneur, and 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 and, and for for a very right reason. Because going back to again what I mentioned about how the bank actually pays me for it, and why like so so, so roughly sixty percent of mortgages are written through brokers at the moment. I really don't understand why anyone wouldn't use the mortgage broker. Why on earth? In what other thing do you do in your life? Would you walk into one place? that set you up as a kid and ask them how much money can I borrow and, and take their word as gospel and not get advice from someone who you don't pay and is only incentivized to do right by you because if they don't, in two years' time, if you leave, they'll have to pay that money back. It's, it's, it blows my mind that it's not at 100%. And, and what John created was uh, remove some of that barrier. Now, there's always going to be some trepidation. Well, he also brought down the interest oh, rates. Oh, everything. He, he, the, did, the he, competition. Compl- he changed the entire market. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you look at what that then created from the other but, other lenders trying to add to the market. But, but all of that came from that. You're right. It's a, it's a big, scary thing. And but, so I have a similar mindset of how do we help these people be in the best position to not have to die wondering and not get scared about this well, stuff? Well, I think the lesson that, that I took from, for example, John's story, the Aussie, Aussie Homeland story, is that – Having an enemy as a business is a great thing. You know, having something that you're, you know, I'm something to be opposite of, something to fight against, or to offer consumers um, an alternative option that that's better, is almost super important for every business. And it's it's not as easy as it as it sounds. Like for for Cub, we're in almost an empty empty industry. I mean. Name another uh, – actually, I'll ask you. I'll see how yeah. many you can get through. I reckon you'd name two, maybe three. But but uh, what's another, uh, I guess, networking organization for entrepreneurs? So the funny thing is that 
when you put it in exactly what you are, which is great that you guys know it was a network organization for entrepreneurs. You started, so the first thing you said was networking. Go, oh, okay, cool. I can think of three things you say for entrepreneurs. You go, mm, not necessarily. Well, let's just go network. networking. Networking alone, do but then you've got the, you, you all have the same thing as me trying to speak to the bank. So you've got your B&Is, your Freshers, yeah. your. Who's that? I haven't even heard of it. Man, I can invite you all this stuff, right? What's it called? Fresh. Fresh is another. Why am I promoting someone else's networking thing? Oh, because it wouldn't be like, I couldn't Um, care less. If they're better than us, I recommend people go there. I know there's another one down the road that's similar to Cub. I actually don't remember the name of it, but it's literally down the road. Um, It's a similar thing. Target. Candelo Nuevo. That's the one. That's a private bar. Cool. Um, And then you've got the old school ones. So around the corner here, you have the Australian Club, the Victorian Club, the Kodak Club down the road. Yeah. Now, that probably was created in the day. Although there's a lot of negative too because it was very much only blokes and ties on and and I've been to some of those things and and you look at some of the history from these buildings they're great too but that was um, it was built in a time when business was very much done in person with an idea that own but it was so too exclusive mm-hmm. right so you start to of everything I've well, just mentioned there's bits you take away from no, you go it's not a direct competitor see, but yes exactly right like for example B and I I would actually say is the most similar to us um. But, for example, the Australia Club, the Athenaeum Club, the Savage Club, the, or, or, or the, the Melbourne Club, yeah. the, the RACV Club, yeah. they're not networking organisations. No. They're uh, They were traditional members clubs in you pay for access to a facility and you can use the facility. They have fantastic buildings, they have bars, restaurants. Sure. I think there's like a Soho house. It's the same business model. Uh, not networking and not exclusive for, exclusively for business owners. You have, uh, I don't know what Fresh does, but B&I. B&I, Fresh is like a version of B&I. B&I is really the only other kind of business-to-business business business networking group. They're very good, very big group. But if you were to describe B&I, and I wouldn't call them our enemy, to be honest, but if you were to describe B&I, they're, a, a, I don't want to call it low-end, but let's say low-end. Uh, low-entry, so you can call it low-end. Well, small, it's for one-man bands, smaller businesses. Yep. Uh, networking with the purpose of generating referrals, so I think, and, and good on them, right? Like, so like the model works for like the guy who's a sign writer in his local. It works know, for all sorts of people, yeah. but uh, and it's supposed to deliver people leads. So it's it's like a cheap marketing medium. I think they pay two grand. And this a is why I don't see it as a competitor personally, but that might be because of the way I approach Cub. I didn't come to Cub looking for leads or no, to grow. So, but the point I'm trying to get <laughs> the point I'm trying to get at 100, percent and, and all shouldn't people they should come looking for to build. Uh, strong friendships and relationships with other accomplished entrepreneurs. But but the, the point I'm trying to get at is that for for something for someone like Cub, it's very difficult to to find an enemy. It, we haven't got – and I would actually say, and, and I would challenge listeners to think, as a business, what am I the alternative of? What, who, is the, who is the enemy of me? What, who am I going to be better for? And for Cub, like that's something I've always struggled with because it's like, who is our enemy? And I would actually say that our enemy is lame-ass, boring, traditional networking. Mm. So networking sucks. People think networking, they think ugly, they think it's, it's uh, you know, business cards and you're in a room and fuck, there's 100 people, you don't know who's good, who's crap, who's fucking whatever. You, you, you know, it, it's awkward. You don't like going. So I would actually say that network, traditional networking, how it's been, you meet a cat salesperson and a yeah, you know, I don't know, random people. I would actually say that maybe Cubs networking is traditional networking of the past, or and and we've made it enjoyable and and valuable and more upscale and, yeah, so and if you made at, it better. Yeah. I, I, I know, but my point is that businesses should look for an enemy, and and uh, like John did, like like Aussie did, yeah. in, found in the banks, which I'd say say it's probably. I don't know if, it's, if, that, if that's your enemy or whatnot. Well, but it's weird because it's our enemy, but we need each other. 
Yeah. But, but you normally you do need, you need each your other enemy, right? Like yeah, if Batman doesn't have the Joker, you're up shit Yeah, for example. <laughs> you got nothing to do. Well, for example, if if B and I, let's just <laughs> say, let's use B and I and Cub. B and I's members typically aren't our members. So I'm sure there are some crossovers, but but at the whole, they're not. And our members are not B and I members. So when people from B and I come to Cub, they might think, ah, fuck this place. I don't want to be here. This is not for me. I like to go to B and I. I'm going to go to, to B and I. So you actually. Feed each, you're on opposite ends. Cubs, high-end networking, high-end relationship networking, like re- to build relationships. And B&I is not, I don't want to say low-end because it just sounds shit, but uh, smaller-scale businesses, referral-based networking. But it's also forced referral, which is why I don't see it as direct competitor. But I agree with you in that um, traditional working networking is probably your enemy because you're competing against the stigma that comes with that as well, which you pointed out is a very negative. It's an ugly stigma. It's like the stigma of sales. It's the stigma of what I do. Yeah, or the stigma, <laughs> the stigma of or the stigma of finance, or yeah, the stigma man. of members clubs. But it's also the stigma. But and the point is, every industry or thing has bad eggs. There's really bad mechanics. There's shit hairdressers. There's really rubbish personal trainers that you that you would think, why don't I give this guy X amount of money per hour? So there's bad in everything. Which so everything has its enemy. What I guess is so unique in your situation is that you probably have a few minor enemies, but you don't have a big boss at the end of the stage to beat. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I just think that people should look at who am I fighting against right. and also who am I fighting for as a business. So for a cub, we know we're fighting for entrepreneurs. We, we, the entrepreneur journey is a difficult one and it's even harder because there's so few people, I guess, that make it to their position and we want to make it easier and we're doing that by giving them a community of people that, that are in the same position as them, that can help them accomplish their goals, that can push them forwards. So we know who we're fighting for. i just not 100% certain who we're fighting against just yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas, and I think businesses should sit back and think, okay, who are we fighting for and who is our enemy? Who are we fighting against? Because you, you do need that. I, I, um, I, yeah, I agree. You're, who you're fighting for is absolutely clear. I, I, don't, I don't have any doubt of that. Who you're fighting against, I would say, is a number of people depending on the episode that week. And so, for example, who would you say you're fighting for? <laughs> I'm fighting for every person out there because I know for everybody, no matter who you are, money's weird. Yes, okay, but that, uh, no, I that's I would not niche dis- enough. I, I would guess, disagree, I yeah, because, too for example, if you were to say to me, hey, join, uh, get get Finspo, sure. um, it's going to save you two grand mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. and After uh, tax money, so it's like four grand a year. Okay, let's say it's going to save me four sure. grand. Um, so it's going to save me four grand a year, um, and I've got I've got um, this is me, yeah, me, me personally, that. right? And we've got um, you know you, you're going to have an app that's buzzing you uh, every now and then um, to to, to keep give you in check, yeah. So, but but I'm not the most ideal client because cool. I'm, that's okay. I have to be everything for everybody. But that's what I'm saying. You've got so, so really my, okay. someone that would be full Finspo is is well, majority. It's everyday Aussies. Four grand is a huge. Who? difference it's for me i would i would prefer um uh, obviously i'm pro fin spokers yeah, yeah no, i appreciate that I, i'm just no, i'm just even, trying to describe the 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 people you're fighting for people you're fighting for are people that it, this is me i'm just talking shit yeah, this I'm is what that. i my opinion so far no, it out. is 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 people at four grand to them is going to make a huge difference these are everyday aussies who by giving them an extra four grand is going to give Christmas and do you know what's really funny is that whilst you're right funnily enough sometimes the person who needs that money more doesn't actually realise it or or thinks it might be too hard so doesn't do it and then on the other end the person who doesn't necessarily need it like need in terms of they're well off and and everyone needs more money right but 
we'll, we'll take it more seriously. So who I who it is is everybody who values that service, and that is who you are as a mortgage broker too, right? Because you're going to do a lot of work, and it's who you are in, in any terms, in, even for your, your good financial planner, your good accountant. They're going to do a lot of work that probably is hard to really justify if you don't do the job, but they're actually there to try and get you get the most out of it for you. So it's everybody who actually values the well, way I, that you I, play for I also think that there's going to be some people that it's easier to figure – it's easier to figure out the effort in learning and having to focus on moving things and it, it's easier for them to, to figure out how to earn more. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people – for example, if I have a job, I get paid 60 grand a year. Sure. That's my wage and I've got a job. If I can it, – it's harder for me to figure out how to earn more because I've got a wage. Well, that's sure. my wage. That's what I – it's what I earn. If I have to earn more, I got to somehow get a raise. That means I don't know what I have to do, but it might happen occasionally. But it's not happening all the time. If I want to earn more, I it, it, the easier option for me to do is to figure out how to save. Save, yeah. And therefore, if I can save uh, four grand, maybe you save five hundred bucks. Exactly. It's a big. It's a big deal. <laughs> And so, uh, so I guess what so I'm you trying think to you're say saying is, this is, a, is a wage per, salary person. Someone in a, on a uh, wage. Okay, yeah. fair. However, which is majority of the population. Yeah, so it's, it's probably 70, a good, it's a good market. market of the population. But on the same, on the flip side, if you're self-employed, what are you going? What are you getting angry at, your, at with your accountant that year? Hey, can we add some more of that back? I would like to pay less tax, so I've got more cash in my 100%, pocket. Hundred percent. So you're always trying to minimize. Really? I mean, I would. Of course, hey, if I can keep four grand, I keep it. But if there's, there's, the things, but there's low, things that will take your attention I, that will save you two hundred and fifty grand, and you're going to give that your attention. I, sure, but but also now you now you're getting very or, niche or, on your audience because there's like most small business owners are not two hundred and fifty grand. That's true too. That, so so they'll appreciate that extra little that, bit. That's true too. Yeah. So most small business owners for yeah, that's true. Few too. grands, few grands. That's so now so now we've gone from seventy five percent to maybe comes, 80, 85? Yeah, hundred percent. But, but good, good it's the majority of the market. It's the majority of the market. <laughs> so when I say everyone, I mean majority. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it's the majority of the market. Because and, and I still think it comes down to is it can that person is it first of all, is is the energy, is the effort to figure out to save the four grand worth the saving, or could you give that same amount of energy to either save, you know, a proper chunk of money or to figure out how to make Sure. An additional amount of money. And also, so, herein lies. So you are right. It is majority, but it's end. not everybody. No, no, fair enough. And also, but also, herein lies why we went down the app path. Because you could, if you really wanted to figure out how to save more money and you're on 60 grand, put all the spreadsheets together in the world and, and figure it out, are you going to do it? Or if you just put your data into the app and it tells you, you're probably more likely. Easy to do, easy to keep there, easy to you have. You have Huh? You have accounts. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. Does everybody? But see, <laughs> well, I mean, the market that I'm talking about, for exactly. example, the cub market. No, I'm, and that's I what I'm saying. That. It's not necessarily and to I the cub people, but is it to their staff, is it to their son, is it to their daughter? Yeah, it, it, their it, it makes it possible because it's simple and easy. I think it's great. Yeah. I, I, I'm, believe me, I wish that our market was as big as your market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one of the one of the hardest things about cub is that you've got a small market, and not just that, but you have to actually. Vet and accept people. You know, imagine, imagine. It's having good to be niche too, right? Well, you know yes, exactly I think who your it, market is, so it's it's easy to speak well, to them. Yes, I do, but you can still choose a bigger market, a bigger absolutely, niche. Yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And and so, yeah, I just wanted to get. We touched on it before, but I wanted to talk about how you know, like you often see it, people don't want to follow into the family thing; they want to do their own thing. Sure. But eventually, you you do, I guess. Well, you do because it's easier to do that. You've already got the network, you've got the knowledge, you've got a mentor, you've kind of got a platform to move into it. 
Um, but that, 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 that itself do. can be a barrier because it's easy. Do, so you got it, it. It it can it can feel to a lot of people like you're taking the easy way out, which can be a hard place to put yourself in. I, I agree with that, and and and, and a very Sorry, hard. I place. understand that, but yeah. I don't agree with. It. I, I understand that's how I feel. Yeah, and also a very hard place to take yourself out of, because you can you. So it's that comes down to what are you trying to do here? Are you going into the family business to go? Yeah, you know, let's say your let's say your family business is. I don't know, mechanic, right? Decent one. Let's say uh, builder, uh, even. Yeah. Let's say builder, even, right? So, um, yeah, you must say your, your dad was a builder, had a pretty good company, and you decide, well, I finished school, I'll just go and become a cheapie and work up under him. And, and, and that can feel like a very much a, I don't, I've done nothing, I'm taking the easy way out, and I'm always going to be under my dad. What do you then do? And that comes down to your drive. So who are you as a person? What do you actually want to achieve here? Are you using that as a step two? You go and get another job and then you never did anything? Are you well, using I, that as a, I, I want to take it over and take it in this direction, which is where I went? When that happens though, you have it, – it's it's just the personal ego of the individual uh-huh. because, you know, you could say, oh, that person took the easy way. And people will say but that about you. 100% they will. But – the like, and I understand that, the feeling of being that mm. person – but also, I took the smart way. I took the way that's going to have less uh, earthquakes in the road sure. for me to have to be able to jump over. My way, there's already a set path. i got some bridges built over each of the earthquakes. And uh, I can make it to the other end where you'll want to make it. I can make it there without uh, without falling through the cracks of the earth. Uh-huh. And what keeps you there now and keeps you not fucking that up is that drive to not get too comfortable. Well, you want to grow it as well because you want to be your own person, your own, your own woman. Like you your and own I. Right? I'm sure you've got some friends there that went into the family restaurant or the family business and then now they're just kind of depressed. Sure, they're doing okay and not, life's not too hard for them. Well, well I, would imagine they would only be dep- I would imagine they would only be depressed if they weren't accomplishing their personal ambitions. But I think if that they wanted to run – for example, there's some family businesses there that have been in business for 30 years. Sure. They don't need nor want to grow it because that business produces an income of which sustains a lifestyle that they're happy with. Um, if they um, take over that business um, and they're happy with, they just want to maintain that business. Good on them. Th- th- yeah, I would hope that uh, would, I would hope that they wouldn't um, have any uh, emotional pain from that. But if the flip side situation where they wanted to grow the business but they weren't able to, uh-huh. so there's a gap between their ambition and their achievement. Well, yeah, I can, and also I can relate to that. You understand that why cause, That would cause yeah, some conflict, a, a lot of pain. And so, I guess what? So, what are you saying? How does that relate to you? What, 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 right. what did you do? So, so I guess how we got onto this was that um, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are in family businesses and either have joined Cub to grow them or join Cub because the only person they, uh, the voice they have, is a parent, and so they want other voices around. And maybe it's a variety of all of these things. Um, I so I the business I started in un, was under my dad. So I worked for my dad for a couple of years. Again, like we said before, trying to find my feet, figure out what am I actually going to do. I do too. Yeah, um, I started. I started actually going. Well, I'm, I'm here. I'm talking to clients. I might as well go and get my uh, accreditations that I need and and um, and certificates that I need to actually do that. So that's not illegal for me to speak to people. So cool. And all of a sudden, hey, I was a mortgage broker under my, in my dad's business when he has a business partner. And so he said, well, what am I actually doing? I was lucky that he got bought out and went started again and went, do you want to, what do you want to do? Because I technically actually worked for the, that guy's business now. So I quit at the same time and went, let's start again. So now my dad's my business partner. And I have that mindset of, all right, I'm not, I, don't, I don't work for you, buddy. 
I work with you and I'm going to grow something. So yeah, I love all your experience, love having you there. And yes, you're a but mentor. But did you have a bit of conflict from that? No, no, not in the slightest. Oh, that's great. No, not in the slightest. Because you got a good dad then. Well, I've got a good dad in that um, he knows he's very good at what he does and so he'll be okay anyway. It was probably, it was probably like he probably had a bit of a parachute. But also knowing that, hey, I'm young enough, give it a crack, go for it. Like, let's do it. So we started up again. We went into, we found another opportunity to go into a one, another one-stop shop who didn't had a mortgage arm, but they were rubbish, effectively shouldn't have existed. Um, so restarted that and we're doing really well. And that was where I kind of did my, what you'd call an apprenticeship right? Because now I've got to make this work. I've got to actually do my job and learn as I go and start to hire staff underneath me. So learn to manage them and the leadership stuff starts to come into it. Um, and we had a pretty unique offering back then too, because we had, uh, so as I said before, the normal one-stop shop is mortgage broker, financial planner, accountant. We also had sports management. Now that was good for a couple is of years. Is this in yours? In, your in my previous business. Coming. And the one before the one I just left. Okay. So in that business in between, which we were in for a couple of years, the reason the sports management side was cool, besides the fact that it feels cool um, for a 25-year-old, is that you, I get to take this view of the client that it's not just a transaction. This, this person I take on is, a, as a, let's say a sports person, is at 18, they're coming straight out of high school and they'll get a draft contract making 80 grand. For the next few years, they'll get signed for three years to make 500 grand over those years. And then they're almost 30 and they don't have a job. And maybe they may, and if, and they, especially in the old school days, um, weren't set up for life after that. So this, you can't retire at 30 off of a few hundred, of a couple mil that you made over those few years. You got 30 years of life at least to live. So helping that person plan for what's next and taking a holistic view about how can I make sure this person comes out better off than, than when they the met sports me. Sports stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, the sports star was the obvious, like, there's the, obvious version, but it meant that I got 30 of the experience in three because I had to take that mindset into every meeting now. Yeah. But isn't, isn't just the sports star complex like a funny one? Like you got these young guys who make 400, I don't know, maybe more. I don't know. How well, it depends on the sport, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's say fucking, let's even just say a Same million meal. bucks. Yeah. Uh, you Imagine these, you gave you at 19 a million bucks. Well, I, and, I, and I assure you that would be spent. <laughs> and and you only have to work for this many hours a day. Yeah. yeah. And doing nothing what you love, do. hanging with the boys. Right? <laughs> yeah, hanging with the boys and, and, and you're fed, you don't have to worry about shit, yeah. anything and people yeah. are giving you stuff. Imagine, but, but imagine then, you know, the responsibility of the, like just expecting them to manage it. Well, they, they really can't because also their their friends, their family, their cousins, everyone's now thinks they're rich. Everyone's and an expert, right? And yeah, everyone thinks they're rich and everyone's, hey, give me some money. Can I have some money? Oh, I could pay rent. And they're giving out money. On top of that, they're partying. Girls think they're rich too. So you know, they're, they're showing off. They're buying nice cars and they're doing all this stuff. And then at the end of their career... They're like, oh shit! That car's now old and still has a bit of debt against it. That house you bought was pretty crappy because it's a little apartment that someone push yeah. you into. But my point and is, and now you got nothing to do and you got someone, a broken leg. Someone should be here, and there's so many great so there's Aussie sports stars. And, and, they need and someone, and someone and needs the, to build a business around that. Well, the industries are getting yeah. better, so the players' associations are getting better, and I worked with a bunch of them over time as well to make sure about that. But that goes back to the idea of Finspo because what that is is a very condensed version of all of us. You don't come out with the that, like, they don't, again, I said this before, they don't teach this shit in school. All of a sudden you're making money and you go, hey, go and buy a house one day. All right. Hey, go and borrow money to buy a car. A depreciating asset that you don't even like that much, but everyone else has one, so I've got to get one. All right. And then what? So some, and that's not to say people don't survive, but the vast majority of people don't ever get their head around this stuff and it's stressful. It sits in the back of your head. 
And so you, and, and so, that goes back to the idea of how I then so I Finspo, developed, and then and, and that's what attracted me to Finspo, which is why I left my company to help people understand managing their money yeah. and, dealing, and u- utilizing their bank better. That's right, and and it's not about making it's not it's coming from a positive place. Like I like I've said before, um, whether it's to you or to other people, there's budgeting apps out there, but but okay, they're pretty scary, hey, and they tell you off because you bought an extra coffee today. Well, that's not a nice conversation or a nice notification to get on your phone. Mm-hmm. And there's your bank app. But again, you're sitting there questioning, well, is this really the right one for me? But who do I even speak to? So remove all that. Have a, a – I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word independent, but I will. Have an independent party that just goes, hey, here it is and here's what you could do. Here's some insights and we're learning more about you. So the cool thing about the tech guys of the, the fintech space I'm now play a part in is that they're building the brain behind it to learn with people. So, so like the AI. Exactly, yeah. But also from the from the data we've got there, what would be something people would like to know about so we can build future insights and future features so we're not just building stuff that I think would be cool. It's that we know people would benefit from. Incredible, my man. And what about – tell me tell me the greatest lesson you learned from your father in regards to business. Uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty simple and it, it, it might sound a bit very, very simple, but it is don't bullshit. Like you, if, if, um, and that don't bullshit in the don't be fake. Like if you're, if you're going to sit there and listen to someone, actually care, actually pay attention, actually understand them, ask those extra questions to see what they're saying, but not saying, right. But also if you don't know the answer to someone, someone calls you up. So especially in what I do, a client might get a bit impatient and they might say, Hey, where's this at? Or what do you think of this? And I might not know it. I might not be able to offer it. That's okay. It's okay not to know something. As long as you go out and find the answer and come back to it. So that's my staff all the time. You don't need to know something. But if you don't know it in the fourth time I ask it, now we have a problem. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know something, don't bullshit. Go, don't know. I'll go find that out and deliver. And do you have a favorite book? Yeah. Oh, do you read much? I, I actually do audio books more than read these yeah, days just fine. because it keeps – I've never got into that, but I, I want to get into that. Well, I got into that because the same in the same way I got into podcasts, which is that my my real only alone time these days – because I've got a three-month-old and nearly four-year-old, right? So my, <laughs> my house is pretty hectic. But in the morning, my phone doesn't ring and I'm out there – so audio books and podcasts is how I sort of – that's a bit of self-development stuff yeah, and right. the way to do it. Um, so I think it, it, I, I can be – I pretty much everything I listen to is either self-development or, or like you know, job development, so leadership type stuff and self training type thing, or it's just sport and music because that's, awesome. that's my break. Um, Book-wise, look, if you want to start down that sort of path, anything Malcolm Gladwell is just typically an easy read or an easy listen. Yeah. What's, um, what are his books called? Tipping Point is the, is the big one. Blink? No. What's the? There's one about ten thousand hours or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's that called? Um, Outliers. Outliers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good one awesome. too. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. Awesome, man. I got to get on that whole. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Listening to the. But, books, no, but hold on. But ha- holding a book and reading a book is also its own experience too. So if you stay with it, if you got the time for it. Well, I, I love reading because like every like all I do, I actually use reading to start my day, like kickstart my brain. So when uh, like before work every day. I'll go downstairs, I'll have a coffee. The first thing I do is order a coffee. I start reading my book before my coffee comes and I'll only read one chapter, finish my coffee. So by the time my coffee's done, caffeine's in my brain. I've read my book or part of my book. So that, you know, my brain started thinking it's, sure, sure. it's, on, a, it's on a roll and then I start, and then I do my to-dos for the day. But but I use books to kind of get my, like kickstart my brain engine before. Do you have And I like, to, I like hard, to highlight. Do you have a hard limit on that? So is it chapter or amount of pages? Like I just do a chapter. Normally I do a chapter because 
if you do typically a certain amount of pages. Yeah, because then you, well, I like to like say, okay, well, this book, if I do a chapter a day, is going to be done in there two weeks. So I'll know like two weeks I'm going to finish the book. That's like, and, and there might be like a weekend or something that I, I, I smash out extra chapters in. I can finish it early, but it it's, gives me like a time frame as to when I should finish well, the book. It's also good because you've got a, you're a hard open, a hard close, your sense of achievement. I know it's small, but it is no, a sense of achievement. It's, it's a massive, massive sense of achievement because I was struggling for a long time with finishing books. Yep. I would read or I would skim. I'd get the concept, think, oh, yeah, I knew this. And then <laughs> I would like start another book. And, and because often what I do is I'll use books like TV shows. Like not always will I feel like reading. Like right now I'm reading um, the WeWork story, The mm -hmm. Billion, Billion Dollar Loser. Yep. I think that's what it's called by Reeves Weidman. There you go. Um, Great book, but I don't always feel like reading that. So I might read like another new book that sure. I've gotten and read a chapter of that because I'm in the mood to do, I don't know, brands or something like I was that. Say, so is there a typical theme to your books too? Just anything, to, just business. Yeah. If, if, if I don't, I don't or, read, like I don't read for, um, I don't read for like a story. No, no, I get it. But is it like, it's always like a business, it's always a true story. So it's either a business story or a, or a biography. Story. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I'll read, I'll only read things that I'm, that I'm, wanting to learn more of. I'll never read otherwise. So for example, right now I'm studying the different strategies towards tech companies, traditional companies. And, and I'm like, we a great example because it's a, a traditional company, meaning it's, it's not technology. So to, to scale, they've got large costs and, and difficulties, but it treated itself as a tech company and tried to scale at a rapid pace. And because of that, it, it fell over. So I'm, it's a good in the middle thing for me to study, but I'll, I'll, I'll study things that are, relevant to what it, so if i'm working on right, right now cubs doing a rebrand yep. i just read all the best branding books that there are because i don't know i wanted to study that so sure. I'll, I'll, I'll read whatever i'm currently and take bits working from, on yeah that highlight. way i feel like i'm i have i'm better better set to to do that but do you, yeah. do you go back to the highlight of bits at all no i actually write them in a journal okay i like that and i actually made an app with a pen yeah, with a pen, but yeah. I but now I love, then I love but I actually built my own app, which stuff. only I use. Oh, yeah, it's called Mind Library. Hey, um, and it's basically the best like journaling. It, it, I probably won't say too much about it, but no, no, no. It, it's something we're actually going to launch like as well. But it's a great journaling tool and do that uh, to note my daily to go lessons back to your and things lessons like that. Yeah, well. yeah no, it's so really cool. Like it. It's called Mind Library. I've no, it's a, it's a great idea. It all makes perfect sense. But so what you're actually doing there is doing exactly what you were mentioning we are trying to do. What WeWork should have done but went too far one way and what you're probably trying to do with Cub, which is a bit of both. The tech is a tool to support this traditional cool thing, that, this person thing, this personable thing that you like. And I treat, I treat FinTech the exact same thing. That's why in the way we do it at Finspo, there's, it's, it's, um, you're still going to talk to a real person. I don't want, you can talk to a robot to a degree, but you're going to talk to get advice from uh, – get you sorry – I'm not using the word advice, assistance from a real person to guide you through that who understands you. But if you want to input just the boring stuff yourself through data, cool, go for it, mm. right? That's a tool to make the to, so that you can focus on what I would call the fun bit or the bit that's the actual real experience. Awesome, legend. Yeah. Um, guys, if you want to uh, reach out to Nate, to Nathan, um, go to cub.club forward slash podcast and you'll have some contact details and some really cool tips and tricks. Uh, Nate, it was super nice to meet you, man. Thank you, my man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the show.